Hi, this is Tina Spengler with TLC Barrels, and welcome to my podcast. This is Q&A number 70 for my Facebook virtual coaching group. It's December 14, 2021. I'd like to welcome Deborah and Avery in Florida to my team and group. Um, we have a personal uh, best list going for December. And the reason, again, I do this is because it's the small wins that you set for yourself, either a daily goal or a weekly goal that will add up to the big wins and meeting your big goals. So, so far on the December personal best list, we have nine names. So congratulations. Some of them are really big wins. So I want to mention them today. Um, Mac um, was the youth 1D champion for MBHA District 6 Florida, which is awesome. That was on her bucket list for her goal and she knocked it out. So that's awesome. Way to meet your goal. Uh, Vanessa and Hunter are doing amazing. Um, Both of these are in Florida. Uh, Hunter was 1D7th at a big show down South Florida and your rate has improved. Um, He's listening so much better now that you're helping him by sitting. Um, You did some alley work with him, went to PacWest this weekend, did some slow work exhibitions and went out there and won money in the 2D each day. Um, So awesome job there. Uh, Tony and Scooby entered their very first barrel race. Congratulations. Um, they're uh, getting where they're finishing their, their turns is their next goal, finishing their turns a little bit better. So I'll be, be working at that on my clinic this coming weekend. Um, Gigi had a third place win in the 1D in New York, which was a, another personal best for her. Um, she's been doing great. Uh, Rachel and Fergus and Tonka finished the MBHA year in New York. Awesome. She was the 1D Reserve Open Champion and 2D Open Champion. So congratulations, Rachel. That's a huge, huge win. That's your first time being in the 1D for the year end. So that's awesome. And Peggy and Gunner in Tennessee has had a goal to run a 20-second pole pattern. And she ran a 20.8. So that's awesome. Uh, Nancy and Earl in Georgia went to PacWest as well and had a personal best running a 14.3 to put them in the 1D as well as finishing 8th in the 1D average. They drew a check in the 2D and a 2D crack run. So, but between the three runs, it put them 8th in the 1D. So super consistent, two 14.3s Friday and Saturday. So that was awesome. And um, Kat and Quincy ran their personal best fast time in New York. So congratulations to you. Um, some other awesome runs um, that need to go on the PB list that I still have to add is uh, Kelly and Tennessee on JLo was 2D 9th out of 536 riders. Um, she also had a nice run on Fame and they're putting things together. Um, some of you are still working on things and I've done your videos. Uh, let's see here. I've got about, I did about 25 videos already and I still have a few to go. Um, and that's just from over the weekend. Mondays are always busy for me for videos. So be patient. I'll always try to get your videos done within 24 to 48 hours. But if I have a clinic like this weekend, um, it may be an extra day to get them returned. Um, so, but all of you, I'm really proud of everybody. You're all doing really great. Amelia um, 
was in the 2D on Suna and in the 5D on Penny at their final MBHA for the year. Um, let's see, Jeannie had a 14.8 at PacWest, which was awesome. Uh, Lindsay did great with Peapot at PacWest. Um, some of these are just Florida runs that I'm mentioning here. Um, Angela borrowed a horse for her final MBHA South Florida and, um, and clocked in the 3D the first time she's ever swung a leg over this horse. And um, that's, so that's awesome. And I believe they were placing in the top of it. So top of the 3D. So anyways, if I missed anybody, I apologize, but I'm still updating my personal best list. So if you haven't heard your name, let me know and I'll be happy to add you to the list. We do a, a drawing for prizes at the end of each um, at the end of each month. So um, so that's that way it it's just my way of um, recognizing everybody for trying hard a little bit each day, each week, each month to meet their goals. So let's see here. Um, the challenges uh, for this week, I will be starting to add some videos in the group. There'll be one on groundwork. There'll be one on some dry work or drills for you to do. Um, there may be a uh, mental challenge for you as well, which uh, right now everybody's supposed to be having the month of December, writing down their goals, getting a day timer, setting up their schedule for next year, as well as um, writing down your schedule, whether it be daily or weekly, and also your um, the way that you do your uh, performance routine at the shows, so that way you are consistent, because those little things, preparation, um, training, <coughs> um, all that stuff builds trust in you and your horse and connection, and then um, and all of that gives you confidence so that you can be consistently placing um, when you go on a regular basis. So, so look for drills this week to be posted in the group. Um, remember, um, we are I'm going to do a little bit of a NFR recap today, and our topic is going to be setbacks and coming back from them. And, um, and I have done a few <coughs> NFR um, slow motion reviews so that you could see the different styles of horses and the different cues that the riders are using. And I hope you all watch those and are enjoying those. <coughs> Excuse me. I also want to mention some housekeeping. If you're in the group and you're wanting to search a topic, at the top of the page is a magnifying glass or a search box. Type in whatever you're looking for, whether it be mental game, first barrel, um, you know, rate, anticipation, and everything I've talked about in the last year and a half will pop up. You can also go to the members only website and it's all organized there for you at the members only page on my TLC website, just put in the username and password, and there's 150 videos and a year's worth of challenges, as well as um, a year's worth of Q&A. And I would recommend to understand my program that you take advantage of not just watching the slow play reviews that I do for everyone, but to understand my entire program by starting at the ground up from the 12 week um, foundation program to the one year of competition program and just spend your time there there's a ton of resources in the group and at the website for you and the reason why I can keep the monthly price so cheap is because I'm not doing it one-on-one -on -one. I'm doing it 
to all of you, you know, and, and at this point we have 95 members. So by speaking to the whole, I'm able to give you a better price. So please use those resources to search for things. I will answer questions if I um, need to for you, but if you can look for it, it saves me some time. Um, if you have trouble finding it, just let me know and I'll tag you in it um, if, if you're looking for a specific topic. So I gave a few shout outs. Um, as I mentioned, there was a few other, um, Heather and Sage, um, Heather and Sage in Florida. Sage is doing much better in her turns. Um, Avery and Bling in Kansas. She's, uh, had a personal best of 16-1 on her mare at a pin that she had only been at 16-5 and hit a barrel before. Christine and, and Georgia on Mega got a check in the 3D. Um, Jewel and, um, Whiskey did awesome for Ashley at PacWest, and they won, I think, over six, six or seven hundred dollars in awards in the 4D and, and side pots. Um, so there was quite a few of you that did really well, and congratulations to everybody. So I'm going to go ahead and to go into the Q&A before the topic. And the first question is, what if my vet says that my horse is okay, but my gut feeling still feels like he's not? my answer to that is get a second opinion um the thing is is i've seen vets miss things and what one vet might see another vet might go a little bit step further and say you know what let's do an x-ray let's do an ultrasound um because you you could have something happen that maybe doesn't show up lunging or on a flex test but will show up in competition or riding um with the speed or the rider's weight and it could be something like a suspensory is about to tear or a tendon is about to bow or it could even be a chip in a in a um, joint like i've seen knee chips i've seen bone chips in the stifle um and sometimes it just happens with young horses when they're developing or if they've overdone something a little bit of trauma a slip um playing too hard in the pasture or overdoing it in a barrel run there's a lot of things so if you have a feeling something's not right don't run scratch your horse no entry fee is worth crippling your horse for the balance of their career um and balance of their life um so scratch i've scratched several times when i've gotten on a horse at a big super show with a lot of entry fee when my horse didn't feel right and other people say just buter and runner and I'm like yeah not gonna happen so if it doesn't feel right don't listen to anybody else trust your gut get a second opinion rest your horse whatever you have to do the next question was I've been adding speed to my mare but um, now she's not she's stalling behind the barrels and elevating leaving the turns so I asked for a video to see and absolutely I feel like um, the rider is not preparing with the new speed, the rider's not preparing sooner. So what I mean by that is sitting astride earlier, talking to the horse saying, whoa. So as you add more speed, the horse might need help. They might need you to sit earlier, say, whoa. They might need a two hand little bump with your reins or one hand, depending on the individual. Um, usually if I wanna set a horse on the butt, I'm gonna use two hands, not one, because one can sometimes just get their nose and neck and float a shoulder or a hip and and you don't want that you don't want a horse to tuck their face and their shoulders float away and that's what happens when you do things one-handed versus a quick two-hand check before you go to the horn 
and it takes you know finesse it takes time and feel to develop it it's not going to be an overnight oh i've got this but if you work at it you can learn to do it also sitting through the turn and not pulling on the reins sometimes horses elevate and stall because the rider is not sitting but they're pulling on the reins so then the horse pulls back um, so use your hips and your shoulders more use your eyes and your legs more not your reins if you are pulling on a horse in the turn you're going faster than your horse is prepared for your horse should not need you to pull on their reins they should go because you asked them with your body to go they should rate because you asked them with your body to rate they should turn because you asked them to turn with your body your hands and legs are strictly to back things up not should not ever be the bulk of your cue so that's why a horse will stall and elevate because a rider is pulling with their hands instead of preparing them going into the turns with their body and voice and using their body and legs to finish a term so that would be what i would suggest slow down get it right and education with speed takes time <clears throat> so if you normally sat down three strides from the barrel sit down four with your new added speed um, or if you normally sit down two strides from the barrel sit down three you know prepare them um, the next question was i'm having some alley issues could it be rider nerves or horses nerves they're good in practice and they're good in exhibition the only time they get nervous in the alleyway is when it's time to run well it could be both Um, if a rider gets nervous they have to learn to breathe and stay calm and relax for their horse Um, stay in the moment and keep it fun like it is a practice or an exhibition and that takes time to learn how to do that but a horse can also get excited because a horse knows the difference um between a practice and an exhibition they can tell when it's the real deal just by the way that things are set up the the tractor driver the announcer the arena's clear with just one horse running out of it full blast they know the difference um the other thing is and she gave me more information that she had hauled them to some scarier events super shows rodeos and kind of overexposed him a little bit and that's when the alley sour started If that happens, then you have to take the time to haul and, um, (coughs) excuse me, gate an exhibition. Don't run. Or if you do want to run, take it easy on your horse and maybe spend more time gating and exhibitioning before you run. Um, Those would all be things to consider as well. And then there was um, another question about sponsors. Um, Let's see here. No, not sponsors. I'm sorry. I think I answered that question last week. What does this say? Oh, and to finish up on the alley issues, can't read my own notes this morning. Um, You know, you can sing a song to keep yourself relaxed. Learn to breathe and exhale all the way to your toes. Um, Learn to pet your horse, say a prayer, you know, learn what calms your horse down. Face flexing, walk in a small circle, find what keeps them calm, not going over to the arena until your your drag or maybe going to the arena and sitting there for two drags or three drags um you know every horse is different some horses you better to walk circles some better to stand still some are better to get on earlier some are better to get on later journal about it and figure out what's working when it when you have a good run write down everything that went well from your mindset to your warm-up to your moments before your run that's really important and what's not going well write that down too so you don't repeat it 
Um, and don't forget, our memories are short. We have short memories, unfortunately. Sometimes that's good, sometimes that's bad. When something bad happens, short memory is good, but when something good happens, short memory is bad, you wanna make sure you write it down so you don't forget and do it in the future, All right? So the next question was about, um, oh, on the alley issue again, you need to rule out other things too. If you really think it is just rider or horse nerves, that is one thing, but it can also be a pain and pain can come from many areas. Uh, bleeding lungs, ulcers, saddle fit, sore backs or hocks, you know, hoof pain, a multiple of, you know, anything like that. Um, it can also be a respect issue. Some horses don't respect their owners on the ground or in the saddle and will take advantage when their adrenaline is up, advantage when their adrenaline is up. Um, it can also be pressure, taking them too often and or too soon adding speed too soon um, or taking them to scarier type events that they're not quite prepared for. Um, so all of those are factors that you have to consider. Um, and the next question is how to get snappy turns. Um, okay, so um, how to get snappy turns. Basically, you need to go back to basics. Make sure everything is working. You can collect off your body really well. Um, your horse rates and woes off body and voice. Um, they can do the D pattern one-handed. I do a lot of one-handed drills, perfect slow at a walk, trot, and lope, like D pattern, single barrel, um, spirals, uh, four corner drill, anything and everything that gets your horses really working off your body. And once a horse learns to rate and fire out of a turn, that's how the snappiness comes. So once they learn to easy in, hurry out, and I train that way from the walk, the trot, the lope, the run, so that they know it's relax and breathe, relax and slow and collect going in and hurry and have fun going out. So if I sit, sit down as I walk in, I sit up as I walk out. If I sit down and jog in, I sit up and post out trot. Um, if I sit down and lope in, I sit up and high lope out, you know, and, and my horses just learn easy in, hurry out. And that develops a snappy turn. And you've got to make sure you know your hoof placement and that you hit your spots every single time. That's why I developed TLC spots of your arc and your three spots, the entrance one, spot two, the backside and spot three, the exit as well as knowing how to get your horse in the hole and where your pivot spots are. Those are all important factors as well. So snappy turns don't just happen. They are a part of your training from the very beginning in your foundation to your pattern, etc. And then, like I mentioned, consistency and repetition leads to confidence and speed comes with confidence. Next question, what does override mean or smooth is fast? That's a really great question. Um, sometimes when we want to win and we want to do well, we kick too much or we um, drive our horses too deep in the turn and then we're forced to uh, pull on them to get them around the barrels or um, we've made them go by the barrel because we've over kicked or, or sat up too long. Um, so smooth is fast means that sometimes by riding quieter you know assertive maybe from the alleyway or assertive out of your turns but backing off in the turns 
allowing your horse to work is the best thing you can do because a smooth run will be your faster run. Yes, there's a combination of having fire and turn, but if you just kick, 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 whip, 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 it's usually not going to go well. Um, a horse needs you to be square and centered and balanced on their back so they can break and turn. If you're all over the place whipping and kicking, you know, and, and over their withers when you should be sitting in their middle of their back, um, all of those things can cause issues um, like blowing out wide or missing your spots. Um, and all of those things will lead to clear focus for you and for your horse. So that's what that means to override or, or smooth as fast. I hope that answers that question. Um, next question, should I exhibition my open horse if he hasn't been in a while or it's a new arena? Yes. Um, anytime you feel like your horse, uh, open horse would benefit from an exhibition, do it but you have to know your horse there's some horses like briscoe that are really fractious and being around all the horses and activity makes her more wound up so she's better to warm up somewhere off away and quiet and just come up to the arena when it's her turn to make her run but i've had other horses like maggie and bell and sister that would benefit from just doing a slow exhibition you know maybe walk it or trot to the barrel walk around it and just let them relax and go in and, and just chill out it allows them to see the arena it allows them to feel the ground it allows them to understand that not every time i go through the alleyway it's going to be to go fast um so i do think it depends on your horse some horses it will help them to relax and and know what their good form and where their position is other horses um, don't like to see what's behind the curtain. And so again, you have to know your horse. So try it, journal about it. Did it work? Did it not work? And why? Next question, um, I'm pulling in my turns. I'm missing my spots. Um, you know, what do I do? Okay, so if all that's happening, you're pulling and you're missing your spots, I would start floating that horse. What I mean by floating them is I would slow things down. I would go at a pace that they could do it pretty. So let's say they're loping a pretty pattern at home, enter and just lope a pretty pattern or exhibition and just lope a pretty pattern. Um, by riding two hands and staying square and sitting for rate and then going to the horn and then just riding like you trained is going to always be better smoother is going to be faster those are going to be your best runs most of the time and so if a horse is not handling it and you find that you're missing your spots and you are doing their job for them pull them in the turns something's missing you have a hole in your foundation you have a hole in your education with speed and you need to slow down and get their confidence back and then once that comes together the speed will come speed comes with confidence and consistency trust me on that. All right, this week's topic is about setbacks and building a bridge, how you bridge that gap, okay? So, um, you know, none of you are alone in setbacks. That's something each and every one of us have in common. It can be setbacks in our life with things. Um, it can be emotional, it can be physical, it can be financial, it can be your hurt, your horse's hurt. I mean, I'm not going to lie, I've had a pretty rough few weeks since Thanksgiving. Um, I love my animals very, very much, and my dogs are with me more than people, 
and two of my 13-year-old dogs. One of them passed away last Saturday unexpectedly with some internal hemorrhaging. Um, the other dog back in September was diagnosed with congestive heart failure and over Thanksgiving he got really bad. He's been on medication, two medications twice a day and now he's on three medications two to three times a day just to keep him alive and um, it comes a point where you're like do I let him go or or do I keep fighting for him because he has a good day and he comes out and he walks around looks for squirrels and watches me ride and he seems happy and um, or he just sits on the couch and watches me from the living room window as I'm riding and working outside and he seems happy. He's just old and tired because his heart is going bad. And then there's days where he's having trouble breathing and his you hear him you know, moan a little bit and you're like, okay, it's time. He's in pain. You know, his quality of life is not good. But I can tell you, that's not a decision anybody can make for you. It's a decision you have to um, search deep with you because you go to the vet and they're like, no, we can save them. You know, we can give them this. We can give them that. A vet wants to save an animal. A vet does not want to put an animal down. I don't want to put an animal down. Just once I'd like my animals to pass away quietly in the night when it's their time, you know, in their sleep peacefully. But that's not how life is, right? It's never that gentle. It's always challenging. So with that said, um, it has not been an easy time, um, but as I mentioned, that's our, those are setbacks, and you have to figure out how to bridge the gap, so you keep a positive attitude, you set a plan, and you, you say, okay, this is what I'm going to do, these are my boundaries, you know, and, and you stick with it, and you just, you know, you have to say, this is what I'm going to do, and you have to do it. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about how to handle a setback. Um, maybe you're disappointed, you know, but, but you know what? Maybe the worst things would have happened had you not had that happen. You know, I mean, sometimes a lame horse and you have to turn them out is safer than running a horse and then breaking a limb while you're running them. You know, um, you have to remember worse things could happen. So it's okay to be disappointed. Just don't get discouraged and don't quit. Um, the second thing is pivot and make a new plan. Um, I had to do that in my business. Um, I've had to do that since my divorce. Um, many plans that were supposed to happen didn't happen. And it was of no fault of my own and no control of my own. So I just had to deal with it. And I had to pivot and, and change things um, and make a new plan. Has it been easy? Nope. But it's what it is. And I go forward and I keep a good attitude because there are always more blessings than there are troubles. You just have to look a little harder some days. Um, I do try to focus, number three, on the positives. I don't dwell in the negativity because all that does is drag me down. And I think you all need to think about that as well. So as I mentioned, there can be setbacks, whether it's your performance, maybe you're hurt, maybe your horse is hurt, maybe it's financial issues. Um, there's a lot of things that can happen, personal family things. Um, you know, it's just, it's really important to acknowledge next um, how to get from where you are to where you want to be. And like I said, some things you don't have control over, but you need to analyze what you do have control over. So 
Um, You have to set some steps to meet those goals. Maybe you need to be a better rider. Maybe you need to be a better horseman. So maybe lessons and clinics would help with that. Maybe more time in the saddle, more time working on you slow rather than going to competition would be helpful. Um, You have to learn how to apply your tasks daily that will help you reach your goal. So you have to find something every day that you can do towards that. The next thing would be to focus on that goal. Um, You have to believe in yourself and you have to um, think realistically about what it is that you're trying to accomplish. Um, If you feel your mind drifting to a negative, it's very important if you start going into that dark place or that negative place or even just saying negative things, you need to stop and um and change your mind into a positive and absolutely we need time to heal when sad things happen but you can quickly change that negative thought to a positive Um, you can choose to think of a positive memory you can choose to think of a positive goal you can envision yourself being successful and most importantly you take action towards those things um That is how you bridge a gap with a positive attitude, a plan, and a schedule. And those three things are what's going to help you out. Um, Sometimes in a setback, in order to have a comeback, taking a break could help you. Just a vacation time to heal, whether it's a day, a minute, an hour, a week, a month, whatever you need. Um, Maybe it's just... Uh, just you and your horse spending time together just you know whatever is needed you do that and it'll bring you back fresher healthier stronger Um, our book of life has many many chapters in it and some chapters are easier and some are harder Um, you know there are things that can be really challenging like a loss of a horse uh, or maybe a lame horse um But at least you'll get to run again and you have hope in that, you know, Um, or maybe the horse isn't suffering anymore. Um, You have to find that positive out of that negative. So um, I will tell you this, even in the darkest of days, time won't take all that emptiness or pain or loneliness or emptiness away, but it will heal. Time does heal and you learn to live with it more and um that's why I think those three most important things that I've said to you today is you've got to go from any negative to a positive attitude as quickly as you can find the positives set a plan make a schedule and get back and that's how you get back from a setback to a comeback um you know those are all really important things a couple other um questions I I skipped and I'll go to those um ground ground and um broke courses um you have the question was about horses um really solid on the pattern but sometimes they struggle in different ground conditions and again that's going to happen not every horse is going to excel in hard ground not every horse is going to like deep ground Not every horse is going to like really wet, um, 
you know, or sticky ground, but journal about your ground conditions too and start to know what pins your horses excel in. If you don't like the pin, don't enter, scratch. You know, you don't have to enter and risk hurting your horse. And if you know you're just going to donate in a certain arena because it's just not your horse's setup, just don't go to that pin. Find other pins to go to. Or if it's in you to want to master that pin, then just say, okay, I'm going to figure this arena out and just have fair fair expectations for you and your horse that maybe we have to slow things down and figure it out here longer, you know. And some arenas are definitely trickier than others. And then the final question before I go into the NFR recap was um, sit up and sit down. Um, let's see not too far forward okay so this particular rider is um confused about how much they should sit up or sit down in the turns okay so so when we we let ourselves like get over the horn with our shoulders um sometimes riders will let their legs slip back behind them and you don't want to do that because that throws your balance off but that most of the time you'll ever see yourself get your shoulders in front of your saddle horn might be running home but most of the time between the barrels, you just want to sit up and sit down. And it's very simple. Sit up is just where you're sitting a little bit, maybe rolled for, forward an inch on your thighs, but your shoulders, your hips, and your heels are still aligned, but you're sitting up where your shoulders, you're looking up between your horse's ears, your shoulders are up, your ribs cages up, so your back is straight. That's sitting up. But then when you want to rate for a turn, you would sit down. So you just let your shoulders and ribs fall into your hips. You round your back and sit on your pockets and feel yourself push down on that saddle horn or just push your pockets down into your saddle, your pant pockets, your seat. And as you push down that, sit down. Sit up should tell your horse to keep moving at the speed you're going. Sit down should tell your horse to rate. And then if you turn your shoulder and hip, that tells your horse to turn. So it doesn't have to be complicated. I assure you, when you're going on patterns that are, you know, 14 to 17 seconds, you don't have time for much. So if 80% of your communication with your horse can be from your eyes and your body, so be it. Sit up to go, sit down for rate, and turn a little shoulder and hip for turn. And then your hands and legs just back it up. 2% hand with a bump and a release, never a pull. And legs from your calves to your feet, maybe inside leg to soften a rib or get a shoulder, maybe outside leg to get a hip or square up a shoulder, um, depending on where you put it, you know, back cinch for a hip, front cinch for a shoulder, those kind of things. So I hope that answers your question. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed the NFR. That was a really fun NFR. Um, it was exciting. I mean, if you think about it, um, it was 10 go-arounds and most of us after a three-day super show are exhausted i mean exhausted pain muscles hurt so imagine the fitness not only physically and stamina but also mentally those horse and rider teams have to have because um some of them you know if you listen to some of the pre-nfr interviews some of them are riding their horses one hour a day just long trotting and such out in the pastures just to make sure they have that fitness one hour every single day and um to have that fitness and that stamina for 10 go arounds you know they're doing a lot of extra care um, from massages and treatments and on having their vets check them at the halfway point of the nfr or even after each go around um, you know depending on what the luxury of your uh, bank account i guess is um, 
but there's a lot that goes into it. Um, so the average person, you know, does a two day or three day show. So imagine those 15 top in the world running 10 go arounds. The mental fatigue has got to be uh, exhausting because it's loud, it's busy, you're signing autographs, there's all this extra care for your horses and the adrenaline, you know, just the adrenaline of wanting to do well 10 nights in a row. Um, not to mention, you know, just um, being prepared and um, the connection with your horse has to be there. Um, if we look back at the NFR, it was super exciting. Um, everyone knows now that the average in the world was won by Jordan, which was awesome, but makes me feel really old because I used to compete with her mom in Colorado and she was just a little girl and her mom would throw her up on Bozo afterwards. Um, but that horse she rode, she said, we could not train this horse. We wish we could take credit for who he is, but it's just who he is. He's a dash of fame out of a Jetalina, um, I guess a blazing black Betty, black beauty blazing, something like that. But Jetalina um, and dash of fame, and it's only seven. She was pregnant when it was four, and her husband did roping fraturities with this horse, and he just um, did amazing in roping fraturities, which is as both heading and healing. So this horse, they said, you couldn't train a horse like this. He just has a good mind, which, you know, they said was surprising for the bloodline of the dash to fame, you know, because I have a first down dash and they can be more fractious. But again, every horse is more of an individual and you can't judge a bloodline by an individual in all cases. So um, she talks about how he's just really special. <coughs> she had competed on him a whole year and never hit one barrel. And that was her goal <clears throat> to win the average. And, um, you know, you know, she was hopeful to come in for the world. She came in second place behind Haley, but they won the average. And I believe they had the fastest record time on average. Um, I'm not certain on that. So don't quote me on that. But, um, but anyways, they were in the top three in five of the rounds. I'm sorry. That was Haley. Um, they, um, they actually placed in. Uh, <laughs> they actually placed in nine out of ten of the go arounds, which is awesome. Literally, and I think they won round eight. Um, I think she tied it with uh, tied on one round. So, or did she win two rounds? I think she won. I think they won one or two rounds. But Haley and sister, now they won. Um, it was heartbreaking to watch round ten when the barrel went down. That was really sad, but they had a great finals. They were in the top three in five rounds. They did hit two barrels, but they did win round seven with a 13-4-5. <coughs> I, um, uh, I believe Jordan won round eight with a 13-4-5, but the fastest time of the week went to two riders, uh, Emily and Ivy. They ran a 13-4-3, and uh, uh, Emily won round five. Ivy won round six. And then, of course, the ones that won the most rounds were Stevie and Lemon Drop. They won two rounds, five and um, round, let's see, they won round nine. And let's see, they won two rounds. I'm trying to read my notes. I think they won round nine and three. And Donna won round um, two and... She had a 15, a 13.56 and a 13.58 to win rounds two and 10. 
and then I, I could read my notes. Um, and then, so Stevie and Donna were the only two to win two rounds. Uh, Amanda did awesome, <coughs> placing in several rounds. Um, she was in the top three, three times. Um, Cheyenne won a round with Amanda. They won that first round. Um, there was just not one team that dominated this year, which is really unusual. A lot of times there's someone who just really, really stands out. But this year there were just so many amazing teams. And, um, you know, some of them struggled. Some of them had some good runs and then hit at barrels. But you never saw anything really bad. After 10 rounds, the ground was pretty consistent. There were a few barrels down, but nothing bad happened. Um, so that was awesome. And then I just, again... Um, I just think that they're just so amazing to, to do what they do for 10 days and 10 nights mentally and physically, both the riders and the horses. So it's pretty amazing. So anyhow, I'm going to start to close up here, but um, just remember when you're looking at your mental game, I, I think it's important um, that you understand that your your personal best should always be your your goal. The only competitor that you're competing against is yourself. So your personal best is all you should ever focus on. So if I could give you one tip when you compete, just focus on one thing being your win. So maybe this run, you just want to snap your first barrel, or maybe you want to just use your body and sit better in your turns or, or have lighter hands. Whatever it is, just have a goal so that way you can always come out and say, you know what, I met my goal and find the positive in each run. That is what you do. That is how you improve by just beating your own personal best, whether it's improving your riding or whatever. And that would be my first suggestion. My second suggestion would be to train and to prepare because the more you train and prepare, the better relationship and bond you're going to have with your horse the more you're going to have trust with each other. And that is what's going to give you confidence because of your teamwork. So train and trust and just that's going to be the best thing you can do to develop consistency and confidence. Um, The next thing would be to learn from every single run and what you can do to improve it next time. And then finally, well, actually I have two more things, but, but, um, but really be in the moment. We've talked about this for the last year. Don't get too caught up in the outcome. Just be in the moment. And um, and then finally, um, win or learn. You know, I talk about that. We're either winning or learning. And you got to just keep going. And um, so those are the things. Just focus on your, number one, focus on being your personal best. And um, number two, train and trust it. That's going to give you confidence. Um, number three, learn from every run and what you can do to improve for the next one. Um, number four, stay in the moment, not worried about the outcome. And number five, if you're um, winning, celebrate that or keep learning from each run. So that's the most important thing I can offer you. Um, life, um, Life can sometimes not be where you want it to be. And if that's the case, if your life is not exactly where you want it to be, the only person who can change it is you. And sometimes you have to be willing to make different choices. And sometimes you have to step out of your comfort zone to make those big choices and changes to have anything improve. 
So for some of you, it might be more slow work. It might be more focused on basics and foundation or going to lessons or clinics. For others, it might be hauling more and maybe going slow longer until that confidence comes. For others, it might be pushing yourself a little harder and competing a little bit more often in different arenas and get your timing and feel with speed. But just remember, a little bit every single day is what's going to add up to your success. A little bit each day is what's going to add up to your success. So don't forget that. So thank you for tuning in for this week's Q&A. And thank you for all the questions. And I'm proud of everybody who's had a personal best so far in December. And for those of you that are working at it, just keep on working at it. Just get yourself out of your comfort zone. Send me videos of you training, um, of you competing, and let's knock out those goals for 2022 together. So um, God bless y'all. And I hope that you're taking the time right now with Christmas coming to enjoy some peace and happiness. And remember, Jesus is the reason for the season. And, um, And just really take this time. The holidays go by fast, but it's a time of family and friends and um, just really enjoy the holiday and then we'll get excited to get refocused and and um, for the new year so um, the next couple weeks though just really try to to enjoy your horses enjoy your family yesterday was national day of the horse and anybody who loves horses knows the peace that they can bring to your soul just going out to the barn and hugging on them and brushing on them so just you know those are really the moments, the, the blessings that we have to pay attention to, the little things. Um, you know, they say you're too blessed to be stressed. And, you know, all of it is perspective. You know, you can let yourself wallow in, you know, why me and all of those things. Or you can say, you know what, I've got all these wonderful things going for me. And I want to do all these wonderful things. So let's do this. Let's do a little bit each day and get there. So I hope this was a good podcast for you. And as always, ride with heart and God bless.